Tonight's Water Polo Podcast. I'm James in Austin. That's Joe in San Antonio. We just finished like 22 minutes of talking beforehand. We covered everything. Um, how are you, Joe? How's it going? Good. Good. Get, I am ready to do this. Are you? Well, are you ready for this? And are, are you ready for your big weekend of hosting a tournament as well? It's going to be fun. It will be fun. That's I am the, not coaching, so I have coaches for that. So. I am. I'm really... You want to take my spot, actually? Cause, actually, uh, I'd rather coach, to be honest with you. And um, But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things with kind of whenever you host a tournament, you know. And, and we're hosting... I did ask some other clubs if they wanted to do it. Nobody really wanted to do a tournament. Um, and yeah. I knew that we needed something f- for the stage group. So I... Yeah, so I did it. That was, what, about, about six weeks ago. It's always great to plan but then whenever you get there it's like oh Oh, totally it's like i mean it's there's just a lot of steps in actual hosting it's a lot easier to go to a tournament so but um it's gonna be fun i mean it's gonna be fun for the kids that's the main thing we're gonna get these kids playing it's great when you're hosting a tournament and sort of you know it's two three six months off and so in the abstract it's like this is great i'm really enjoying this This is fun and then the sooner the event comes or the closer it comes like, oh, I've made a big And mistake. one thing that, you know, that I'm getting is like people, I mean, this is this is not new, by the way, but, you know, people are not the biggest fans of the grade in school. I think it's important during the high school season to do that. So I and I know the Armadale Classic did that and I and I, and I know kind of kind of will do that. And I know tags kind of will do it as well. Um, Makes more sense during the high school season before and, it was different. Um, but like, you know, during the high school season, I think that's important. Um, but it's, it's like, you know, it's hard. I know because there's, there are some people that, you know, the fourth grade and younger, we're not having a fourth grade and younger division because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough teams. Right. Yep. So, you know, the hope is, you know, we want to get more and more younger kids to play, you know, and you know, it might be a, it might be a fifth grade and younger division, uh, next year, mm-hmm. right. To allow that transition. But a lot of those fifth graders, that are still 10 right now and would be in a 10, a 10 U division. Well, they're going to be 11 at some point before JS. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and the way that this year is going to be kind of scheduled is everything starting in the spring is going to be age-based and it's going to be age-based based off of August 1 of 2023. Right. JOs kind of. So, stuff. you know, it's, this is, I mean, having a grade base is almost forcing those coaches to kind of age up their kids and, start planning for the future at least it gives you a nice little snapshot about kind of where you're at well i only have like three ten years right now so i need a i need to recruit my kids here by the way joe's talking about the alamo classic tournament this weekend that's what it's Uh, called right alamo classic it's at the alamo heights natatorium in san antonio we'll be there we'll be there lots of teams i saw that we have 24 teams we have and that's kind of kind of 48 total games um my biggest concern is is making sure we get kind of kind of plenty of table workers out there so hey can you shift our set, uh, sunday game to earlier like i'm, I'm putting you on the spot no. No? Mm-hmm. no all right um earlier today you spoke joe spoke with justin pudwell we're going to talk uh we'll put that interview up uh later um the uil playoffs from a referee's perspective but more than that you know justin's just an interesting cat that's all there is to it like you're the head coach at a very good team out in california for a decade or even more than that you come back to texas and then you start to just throw your elbows around as the one of the better referees i'm using that metaphorically joe like i justin's a, a good guy so um a very interesting guy so a very interesting interview as well that's coming up 
Um, it, an interesting thing last night, like I, we were knee deep in the high school season. We're going to get into that. But a almost strange play-in game last night for – why don't you describe it? Because it's in North Texas, featured Pegasus and Thunder. What, what was that all about? So last night was the USA Water Polo Champions Cup qualifier for the Southwest Zone. So the Champions Cup is a annual national championship. It's normally held in the Midwest zone. It's for 14U slash 8th grade and younger athletes. So you're not going to be a 15-year-old in 8th grade, and you're not yeah, – so those are, yeah, so those kids are not going to be able to play. And then you can't be a 14U kid in ninth grade and be able to play. It's specifically for the middle school kids. And this is an annual national championship. It's There's a boys' division, a girls' division. You have to qualify through your zone. Um, there's normally 12 teams, uh, or no, I'm sorry. There's normally kind of 16 teams this year. It's in Chicago and the Southwest zone gets one spot. And for each gender this year, we only had two, two, two teams, two total teams that, yeah, that wanted to go. It was Pegasus boys and Thunder boys. And instead of coming down and being part of a tournament, they actually, they, they, had, they got together. They talked about the best place to do it. And they actually had a game last night at 7 30 PM at Highland park high school in North Texas yes, to, to determine who went and Pegasus ended up edging thunder. So if the final score was, uh, was a 13 to 11, um, it, it was a close game. It was, I think it, I think it was kind of, kind of six, five at half. And I think thunder made it a close game at the end. Um, and then Pegasus just a, 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 a ended up scoring a goal or two to kind of, kind of edge him out. But congratulations to Pegasus and kind of good luck at the, at the championship cup, the championship cup. It, that will be November in the end, November 4th, 5th and 6th in Chicago. Good. Go tear it up. Uh, make Texas proud, you know, but just a slight burden on them to prove that Texas is in a, in a good spot. Um, it's very strange to hear about a, one of those games on a weeknight. So it's very cool. Like very interesting. Um, Besides Alamo, uh, well, uh, a couple of pieces of news. Austin College is uh, on the ground in uh, at Cal Baptist this weekend. They have a four-game agenda. They start with uh, the the great, great UC San Diego Tritons this morning. Um, two, no, well, not this morning. It's one forty-five Central Time. They get to play that. They play UC San Diego, Biola, Santa Clara, Fresno Pacific. It's a good four-game slate for them in California. So we're wishing them the best of luck, and we'll report back afterward. Um, also, news from the West Coast is uh, Cameron Cullen, WWPA Player of the Week. Like, did you? I only just found out about that. That's pretty big news. Yeah, I think they only announced it this morning or yesterday. Yesterday, so yeah. That is a huge, yeah, that is kind of, kind of huge news. So, yes, congrats to Cameron. And um, I think Cal Baptist is starting to kind of, is starting to compete against the big boys. So Well, not again, yeah. And that's, and, and that's, please, all those, all those Texas kids that are out there playing um, college water polo. We want everybody to be successful, but congratulations to Cameron for getting that award this week. Yeah, that's actually really a very good notification, uh, a very good award to be earning. So good uh, congratulations to him. Stumbling over that part, but that's really good news. Um, you want to get into high school or what else before we move on to? We got high school rankings and the UIL. Well, I mean, we do that. also have next week. I mean, this is this is high school. Yep. We have the Tisca Water Pole Fall Champ. Oh right. And uh, so what that is? That is the that that is to be the non UIL uh, kind of championship tournament for the um, the like the fall season. So there, so there ha has historically been a couple of really strong teams that um, that uh, that have been playing 
it, we had within Disco Water Pole, like uh, kind of St. Mark's on the guy's side and kind of St. Agnes on the girl's side. Um, we're and so we're having a tournament in yeah, like in San Antonio on Saturday, October fifteenth. It's actually going to be at the Alamo Heights Natatorium. Um, there, there, there are five boys teams and kind of four girls teams. These are all teams that do not play within the UIL. Um, or it's a consolidated team with all athletes that do not play on a UIL team. So it's a non-UIL uh, kind, of, kind of championship. And we just hope to keep growing this, yeah, kind of keep growing this each and every year. And, and kind of hopefully this might be a way for teams to have a championship tournament as they transition from not playing water polo to playing UIL or also to have a place for all those private schools to play eventually too. Right. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, okay. Uh, I have the UIL um, brackets in front of me. We can probably tick off a couple teams here and there, but let's, uh, let's talk about our rankings first. Um, again, coaches rankings for this entire state, not a whole lot of changes uh, in, in the outcomes uh, for boys. It's uh, Highland park, Brazoswood, Marcus, St. Mark's came up a bit there. They're in fourth. And then a tie for fifth between Strake, Jesuit, and Dawson. Um, and then on the girl side, uh, Foster remains on top. Carroll second. Cy Creek, they bumped up. And I think it's because of you, Joe. I think you started talking about how they're tearing it up in Houston. So I'm they're not third. not taking credit for that whatsoever. Yep, you did it. Uh, Flower Mound fourth and Braswell fifth uh, for this week. So, again, thank you to all the coaches who have voted in that and continue to do so. We have a few more weeks of that, right? So please take care of that. And then two players yeah. of the week. Yeah, go ahead. No, no and, I mean, and then, I mean, it's going to be interesting in the playoffs. You know, there's be a couple good teams that yeah that yeah that might even play each other in the second or third I know. round. I know. It's so it's not it's not like it's gonna it's not like the old school like kind of state tournament where you had the best of the best there and you knew that they were there. Um, it's you know it's based off your district and it's based off geography about kind of where you're gonna play and then you're finished. So you know it's it's gonna be interesting. There's gonna be lots of blowouts probably like the first and the second round, but there's gonna be some very good games kind of like kind of scattered out there kind of here or there too for sure yep um players of the week uh Molly Cho from Hebron high school say say it's see Hebron Hebron, Hebron is the way Hebron so Hebron is the way that you pronounce it in the Middle East, which is anyway we're not uh, in the Middle East uh, no, I know, but it's the only way I've ever seen that word before it's in that context um Hebron. and then on Hebron Hebron they should just add another e in there just for me um Chris Claren, congratulations South Lake Carroll both of them are eleventh graders by the way, and they are have been nominated and are our choices for players of the week uh well done to both of them, so very good um I have the brackets in front of me. I'm not going to go through them a lot, but it's it is it is fun to see these starting to get filled out for UIL. It's it's actually we've been talking about this high school stuff for so long that now that it's sort of more formalized in a in a way that uh, you know is recognizable for basketball and for volleyball and all the other major sports in the UIL is it's just something super cool. So you know Highland Park for for the Boys, division uh, regions one and two, you know, you have Brazoswood, you have teams like North Shore, Laporte, Cy Ranch, Springwoods, Strake, Langham Creek, Tomble, Aldine. Like these, they're schools that I've never, honestly, that I personally have never heard of before, like Aldine. So it, it's really fun to look at these brackets. Go check them out on UILTexas.org, and then we're going to follow along. Those first games take place on the 11th, the by, the by district games. 
And also, all those teams just kind of good luck the first round, like like the by district, the area games coming up, the first and the second rounds. But also, right now, um, I'm sure James is going to get this up a little bit later today on Friday, October seventh. Uh, well, now um, I am. You've there are me into it. Um, there are a ton of the seating games going on, like like today, tomorrow, uh, yesterday. Yep. So, I mean, just kind of kind of good luck to everybody. This is this is this is why you play the season, right? So. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, we're, both of us are around these kids who are playing in the high school season, and it's exciting. It's really exciting. Like, it's just different than it was. And, again, both of us, I think, really appreciated what the club system did for high school water polo in this state. But it's, uh, uh, there's something different about this. So, yes, I agree. Good luck to all of them. Okay, anything else before we move on to Justin? No, it's just, it's just all good. Just uh, if you are hearing this, it's not too late to go sign up for the golf outing. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. Say that again. What, what is that? That is the USA Water Polo Golf Tournament. The first one ever outside of California is this upcoming Monday, October 10th at the Cowboys Golf Club in North Texas. If you, yeah, if you are listening to this and you want to go play, please email Joe Linehan at usawaterpolo.org and I'll get you all the information. Yeah, I'm serious. Is the Cowboys Country Club, a, so it's the, it's no, the football it's team. Not. It's not. But, okay. I mean, it's there's a lot of like you know of the logos are there and stuff like that but it's it's one of the nicer courses up in north texas yeah for sure okay. so and they've been great they've been i mean it has been a great experience kind of working with them it's a great course you know this is again this is the first time we're doing it. it's not going to be the last time but we but we want to put on a good show we want to get as many people out there as possible there you go you got time to sign up it's on monday if you like golf you like good weather you like going to north texas there you go it's for you um, cool. Uh, coming up, uh, Joe's conversation with Justin Pudwell. I was going to say like what, what his qualifications are, but there are too many. So everybody should know who Justin Pudwell is. Here he is. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr. And when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Welcome to today's TX Water Polo Podcast uh, kind of interview. And, we, and today we have a kind of Justin Puddle. It's a little change. We've been interviewing coaches, right, for this first UAL season. So now, not that Justin isn't a coach. He's probably coached a whole lot more than he's refereed, but he's on the pool deck now as a referee. Justin, kind of how are you doing today? Good, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, And I'm good. So here, a little kind of an intro for Justin. Justin played high school water polo at Baytown Sterling, amongst, and he grew up in San Diego kind of before that. Then he moved out, and then – and then he and then he um, coached in kind of Houston, and then he went out to California, coached high school. He ended up being the head swimming and water pole varsity coach at Whittier for ten plus years. And then a couple of years ago, he moved back to uh, Sugarland. Right, it's a lot different than Baytown, but like, um, <laughs> and uh, now he um, he's been he's been reffing at the high school level and been a leader there for the last couple of years. So I mean kind of describe what your role within TASO is, which is the Texas Association of Sports Officials and the high school water pole referee program. So, yeah, so I have a couple different roles with TASO. 
I am the Houston area chair, which kind of represents um, the Houston area chapter officials and board meetings and ideas and thoughts like that. Plus I'm kind of like their, you know, backbone if they need anything or having, having issues with items. And then uh, recently um, appointed as the director of education for Tasso. So um, we kind of moved pretty fast through the summer in that role. So, you know, transitioning from spring 22 high school season to fall 22 high school season, we weren't with JOs and summer water polo and travel. It, it was definitely hard to get in um, some of the, the trainings and, you know, clinics that we would like to do, but um, we'll be definitely much more prepared for this upcoming off season. And then uh, lastly, I am the UIL water polo rules interpreter for the UIL. Nice. Nice. I mean, yeah. and like it's, we all wear a ton of hats, right? And that just sounds like a, that's a ton of hats just within your little water polo world for the yeah. world. Right. So, I mean, so I've been asking all the different coaches. So kind of what's your overall perspective for this first kind of UIL uh, season and, and not just the referees, just, just in general. Yeah. Um, I think it's been going fine. Uh, the Houston area has been, been good so far. Um, we've all kind of had our challenges and I'm sure we'll approach that, you know, in this conversation, but the overall season is good. We do have a, a good number of, of teams that are playing um, large addition districts, um, which is great just to add more teams in the area. I think, um, I think the way that the season is presented now to the coaches, it puts a, a much bit bigger aspect on their district and by district and area rather than just kind of the random tournaments that we would get throughout the years and previous seasons. So, um, the schedule for officials has been a little bit easier on the fact that, you know, you're probably going to work certain days and get a lot of your weekends off. Although that's also presented a lot of challenges too. So um, yeah, what, what it's, what it's not, it's not easy to get that, that referee out of the pool at like 3 PM. Yeah. 3, 3 PM and uh, 17 districts, all scheduling games on a Tuesday is probably not the best I idea. Um, so we, we've had our challenges, you know, our signer, uh, Joe Rubio, he's done a really good job, you know, with, with this season, you know, any, anytime you're in, that role, there's going to be issues. Um, but I will say like the professionalism this year has been great as an officials, uh, an officials overview. So all the games that I've gone to, we now have adults working the desk and they have game administrators there. Um, it's just, I've always said this in, in like the sport, you know, where you go to a pool and there's like no goal lines, no sidelines, you might have cones and there's like a, a 12 year old working, you know, the table that I, I always thought we were kind of selling the sport short where now I think there's that um, emphasis in it with just being UIL that the schools are, are much more invested, the administration, the personnel, and, and they're getting their fair share. So it's been, um, for me, is, you know, been involved in this sport for a long time and at, at multiple different levels is, is just good to see the, 
the professionalism coming out in, in the sport, which goes a long way. Yeah. So you mentioned challenges and I know you mentioned the, you know, the scheduling challenges. So kind of what are some other hurdles that you kind of had to kind of get over this fall? So I think, I, I think coaches know <laughs> the coaches definitely know this, but I think, especially in the Houston area, our, our officials and coaches uh, really do have a good working relationship with each other. Um, it's something we, we try and promote in the Houston area communication and, you know, just working forward, but scheduling is the biggest point. And I know that when this thing was getting going, a lot of the scheduling, um, ideologies came from the athletic directors and or superintendents. And I think they just looked at it. It was like, Hey, what was the, uh, the last sport we added volleyball. All right. Just make them all do the volleyball schedule. So home and away for everyone. And we're playing on Tuesdays and Fridays. Well, you can't really do that. Um, if, like I said, in Houston, there's 17 districts, you know, however many there are all playing on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then, you know, I think some districts are kind of doing it right, you know, um, trying to put as many games as possible at one pool. Um, us as a, as a unit just take, you know, Tasso and even just the Houston area, we want to provide the coaches, you know, they would all say, well, we want to make sure we get good officials. We want good officials. And it's like, well, then you might want to just, kind of loop us in a little bit on your scheduling and we might have some ideas that could, could help out. Um, I think, and I'm hoping that moving forward, the coaches might have a little bit more input into their schedule making and let's see what worked for them this year and, and what didn't. Um, I think we could utilize Saturdays a little bit more and that would alleviate some of the problems, but they might be restricted by their, you know, their admin right they might say that's not allowed but well it was also it was also a bit of a short runway this year right so true i mean i mean like a lot of the information came out this spring so the coach were still in their season they may not be able to kind of pat their head and rub their tummy at the same time yeah and uh you know so it was one of those things where a lot of it was seemed to be a little last minute but now i i know for a fact that there's coaches out there that are already scheduling for next fall yeah and, so. it, and i think like the like the tournament season went well i mean we saw some quite unique things in august where uh you know <laughs> we had a, a tournament that st- scheduled a thursday friday saturday and they started games at 8 a.m on thursday and friday and yes the kids are out of school and school hasn't started and the coaches are out of school but not all the officials don't really have that flexibility granted we were we were able to make it work um which is cool but you know so that was definitely kind of unique I, I just think like collaboration um like I said we we truly want to give the best product possible right we're always trying to get better um and we want to we want to do our part to make sure that um you know w- what happens in the pool and the and on, on deck is, is supposed to happen, right? You know, it's nothing like we're affecting that, that process. So 
you know, as a coach, I've, I've been there with them and said, like, you know, we want to make sure we get good officials. And I totally agree. But, you know, if we have, you know, 17 different sites all around Houston going on Tuesdays and there's only two games being played at each site, that's going to, you know, at times it's going to kind of dilute the talent pool a little bit. And, uh, you know, which it's, it's been okay. Cause we've had a lot of new officials to the area, you yeah, know? Yeah. 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 So how's that been with, I mean, with the officials that, that, I mean, I think officials from other sports came to water polo. True. Give it a try. It's that they're, they're like, they might be, they may not be football officials. So they want to do something kind of during the fall. How did you see some good officials? Was it a little rough? You let me yeah, know. I think we, we've got the whole Rubik's cube going, you know, um, it, it was kind of unique. I've had some conversation with officials that before the season started and they wanted to start doing water polo because it's indoors and they're tired of squatting behind home plate. And I was like, dude, I hear you. Like, I wouldn't want to do that at 55 either, you know? So the cool thing about the officials who are coming over from other sports, a lot of them have done it for a long time. Like they've been a football or soccer or basketball official for 10, 15 years. So they get the application process of how the rules are supposed to work. And now it's just getting a much better idea of like the game, right. And, and exactly what's going on. But we had a couple of basketball officials come over and like, they understood advantage, like right away and the center position because of the way basketball is played and kind of similar to water polo. So they were able to pick it up really fast. We've had, you know, I had another official that said to me, like I'm way in over my head. And I was like, don't worry, I got you. You know, like right. we're going to be okay. So and yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and that's one thing that I've seen is a lot of the more experienced referees, the people that have been refereeing for the last couple of years, they were partnered with these kind of newer referees for the first couple of weekends of the yeah. year. And I think it was, again, it takes a village, right? So all these experienced referees, they helped either these kind of, kind of, kind of new referees to get over the hump, to get comfortable, or like, you know, they just, I mean, they were that was part of the success I think of that of of the first month of the season was the experienced referees kind of knowing that they had a referee kind of with some of the newer people because we can't say no to to refs right now yeah no I mean you gotta think about this for a lot of people and you know if you're listening to this as a parent or a coach or a, a fan is like they'll all say stuff about officiating, but it's like, come and step on deck. Like, you know, right. do that, like actually put lights on your, it's like very odd type of thing. It's like here, dress all in white. And then, you know, you're going to be the one who's applying the rules and saying what's right or wrong. So getting somebody out there for their first time and them showing up and doing it is a huge accomplishment. And then, we always just want to try and encourage them. Like if I'm working with a new official, I'll be like, Hey, I got you. Like, don't worry. You know, we just, we're just going to keep learning and it's going to be okay. Um, and then they end up doing fine and they want to do more and they want to do more clinics and they're asking more questions. So those type of things are huge wins in the sport because we're not getting any smaller at the high school level. You know, it's only yeah. going to get bigger. And I was quite impressed with, you know, our, our number of officials in the Houston area, we're not like, 
short on officials this year, you know, that, which is great. It's, it's just the scheduling conflicts, you know, we've never had some of the issues, which they've just been few and far between, but some of the issues are just like, you know, every, every district doing the same schedule, you know, is, is going to be a little rough, but we have a good pool and it, you know, once we're done with season, we'll have eight months to do clinics and trainings and videos and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, we're going in the right direction, which is great. Right. And it'll be more and more refs. And, and, you know, Hey, if you are listening to this out there, we got a ton of new referees in the West area, in the West region, you know, which is the region four, which is the, which is, which is the Rio Grande Valley, the San Antonio, the Austin area, just the ex players that are in college. They actually ended up being very good referees. Yeah. So, I mean, and if you're listening to this and you want to make a little bit of extra money, it's a great way to make some extra money. So, so what are the steps for a referee? I mean, obviously it's too late to referee kind of this season, but what do they need to do and kind of, kind of where do they need to go and who do they need to contact if they, if they want to become a kind of a high school referee in the next ball? So you can get all of the information you'll need to officiate um, at the high school level all on the Tasso website. So um, Tasso.org and then just go under water polo. You'll see registration. Um, it's pretty easy. You pay your dues. Um, once you pay your dues, you, you do have to do a background check. They'll do a background check. And then that, that allows you to basically start doing the like performance type of things that you, you know, need to do to be able to officiate. So take the rules test, um, attend an in-person clinic. I think this year during the summer, we had some options to watch video, you know, like a quite long video, six hour type of clinic, um, which kind of fulfilled your, your requirements for that in-person clinic. Um, and then we have a couple of videos that are required, you know, by either Tasso or the water polo chapter that you have to watch. Once you get all that stuff done, buy your whites, contact your assigner or your, your, um, all of the, the chapter chairs get notified when a new member registers. So if somebody in Houston registers on Tasso, it sends me an email and then I kind of shoot them a welcome email, you know, listing out those steps and Hey, let me know if you have any questions or this and that. Um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll be able to do a lot more in-person clinics. Uh, my my hope is to kind of do one in in all of our chapters areas um, over this next coming off season, and then continue on with you know either our biweekly or you know maybe even monthly. We've been doing biweekly uh, Zoom calls on Sundays um, for officials and, you know, just the continuing education, the discussion of the game is huge, you know, um, weird scenarios that they might have. You know, I just encourage to ask questions. It's, you know, odd. Sometimes we go places and, you know, they have zero, you know, to have zero questions is just always weird. You know, I'm always yeah. talking with yeah, well, other, yeah. other coaches about, you know, water polo or, you know, game scenarios or, hey, did you see this? Uh, but I'm also, you know, you know, kind of whacked out on water polo. Like I watch it all weekends and watch still very uh, engaged at the collegiate level. Um, so how other people watch football, I'm just the opposite. So I just watch water polo.
you know, we'll adjust and kind of good luck over the next couple of weeks with the playoffs in Houston and, and hopefully kind of see you on the pool deck at region and state champs. So you got it. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. You got it. That was Joe's conversation with former Whittier College head coach Justin Pudwell, now a key member of the referee community in the state of Texas and beyond. Um, and that's it, Joe. Anything else before we get out of here? No, it's all good. Uh, take care, James. Very good. You too. I will see you tomorrow. So that's it. Thank you for listening and telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin. Been a production of TWP Sports LLC.